0: Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Hey, I want to talk to you today about the voice of faith. The voice of faith. Do you realise that that, uh, faith has a voice? It has a sound, it has a language that uh, we must learn to speak. Faith has a language and a voice that others in our world can struggle to understand, right? Because why? Because we sound crazy right? We say, we say things that sound so ludicrous when we're in faith because we've got a promise from God that people look at us and go, you must be bonkers, right? So, uh, so things like, you know, you may be a low income earner and you've got a promise in your heart that God one day is going to provide you the, the finances to buy a home. And you're like, I don't know how that's gonna happen. And you start telling people, well, oh, God's gonna, God's gonna, um, I'm gonna get a house. And people are listen to you saying, yeah, how's that gonna happen? You know, you work at whatever. And uh, you're on the pension or, you know, even maybe you're on the dole or whatever it may be. But, but in your heart, you know, you know, you go, God has given me a word. And that word makes me sound crazy. That word makes me sound ludicrous to those that don't understand. They struggle because they can't comprehend that God could actually do what He's promised to do. And do you realise today that your God is able to do what He's promised to do? And all we need to do is learn to speak the language of faith. Understand that faith has a sound, it has a voice and that voice is powerful. Sometimes we have to be willing to look a little foolish and, and, and disrupt our own reputation so that God's reputation comes through. Yeah. So if you come with me now into the book of Mark, chapter five, we'd all know this story, most of us, if we've been around church any longer than a few minutes. But it's the story of the woman with the issue of blood. All right, so I'm gonna read some Scripture because Scripture is good to read, especially in church, right? Even better in your day at home. Um, and, and, you know, stop reading the Reader's Digest and start reading the Bible and things can change. So it says this, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side, by boat to the other side, you think we're on the other side. We're on the other side of a major event in the world. Right now, we're on the other side. We're other side Christians. We, we know that God has done great things in the past, but we've gone, you know what? I'm willing to let go of that so we can step into what God is about to do in this time, in this age, in this moment right now in our world, right? So we're other side Christians, be other side Christian. Let go of, you know, the great revivals of the past, fantastic, but what's the revival God wants to bring now? right? So, so he says, where am I? I've lost myself already. On the other side of the lake and a large crowd gathered around him while he was uh, by the lake. And then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and he pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. And a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. And she said she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, just hold that in your mind when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought to herself, if I just touch His clothes, I will be healed. And immediately, immediately the bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And at once Jesus realised the power had gone out of Him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see these people crowding against you, the disciples' answered, and yet you can ask who touched you? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. What a great, I love this passage of Scripture. I mean, I've preached from this passage of Scripture so many times. I recently preached this passage of Scripture up in Townsville when I was up there with the team. And then I came back, I was so excited about it. I came back and I preached it in the Blue Mountains and then I got even more excited about it. And then Dan said, would you come and preach here? And I said, well, now you're gonna have to suffer through this message. So, so my guys that are here from the Blue Mountains, God is saying, you need to hear it again. <laughs> and Olivia and Emily, you all need to hear it again. And... Uh, what I love about this, the very first thing we see here is we see that you know, Jesus, there's a large crowd around Him, people are touching Him, yet there was only one person that drew something from Him. This tells me that Jesus is able to gather, there's, there's great crowds around Jesus, right? There are people that flock around the Gospel, flock around the church, they come to church, they're in church, but, but, but yet draw nothing from Him. And we've got to be careful that we're not Christians that are attracted to the, 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 uh, the image of that Christian life. We're not attracted We're attracted to the, the lights, the camera, the action, and we like the hype and we like the energy, but yet we lack the foundation and connection with Jesus enough that we can draw on Him and, and actually receive something from Him. And so we see here that there was many gathering around Jesus, but there was only one person that drew something from Him. And the reason she was able to is because she Understood what faith really was. And so I don't want to be a Christian that just turns up and hears the message but doesn't impact my life. I want to be the believer that comes and encounters Jesus and when I leave I go, wow, God has done something in my world. And the only way that can happen is when we come with faith and expectation in our heart because it is faith that draws the manifestation of God in our world. It's only faith. It's only our ability to believe. We have to believe that God is able. Do you realise that God is able to do that thing in your world? Right now, whatever it is you may be going through, whatever it is you may be struggling with, whatever it is that you may be grappling with in your life, maybe it's something that you've given up on. Maybe it's something that you've been dealing with for so long, Let's like this lady, 12 years of bleeding. She'd done everything she possibly could. She had come to the end of herself. How much desperation must have been, disappointment must have been in this lady when she realised I've exhausted all of my resources, all of my own energy, all of my own ability to see change come in this situation. How much, how desperate must have she been? How much disappointed and flat when she was there and, 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 and she would have just felt like, man, life is so hard. Life is so hard. I've tried and failed. I tried to get off those drugs, but I just keep coming back to them. I tried to get off that alcohol But you know what? I fell over again. Can I say this to you today? God is not the God of a second chance, but He's the God of another chance. And He gives you another chance and another chance. So I don't care if you've failed. God doesn't care if you've failed. You know what He cares about? Getting you back on your feet again standing you up again and saying, come on, lift up your eyes and start looking to the mountains. Start to believe that I am able to do what I've promised to do in your life. God has a promise for you and it is a promise of goodness and faithfulness. He has great things for you in your life and it is not determined by the sin or the things that keep pulling you down. It's determined by the faith that's in your heart. And I tell you, as you come closer to Jesus, that sin, those things that are holding you back, they'll fall away. They'll start to lose their power because the nearer we come to Jesus, the less that thing has in power because Jesus' power takes over. So you can get free. You are able to get free and God will and is willing to set you free if you would just believe today that it's possible. It's possible for your marriage to be restored. Yeah, it's possible. If you believe it in your heart, I met a guy recently, he's been separated from his wife for a long time, but he's still believing. And I'm like, who am I to tell him that it's never gonna happen? Why? Because why? I'm not God. So so if God's put it in your heart, then believe it with everything you have. Keep believing, keep trusting Him. And we see that there was people gathering around him and it says a large crowd followed him and and were pressing against him. And there was a woman there. And you know what I love about this? I love about this is the first, another thing we see here is it says when she heard about Jesus, when she heard about Jesus. He's this woman that had 12 years of suffering, pretty much given up on everything, exhausted everything she possibly could do in her own strength. Everything she could do, and yet we see she's there at one time in one moment, and it says, Then she heard about Jesus. Come on, come on. What did she what did she hear about Jesus? I wonder what she heard about Jesus. Have you ever thought about what she actually might have heard? You know, maybe she had heard out of Mark 129, where Jesus healed many people. Maybe someone that got healed in Mark in that, that verse, turned up to uh, uh, that in that environment where she was and and because some, God had done something significant in their life if you've ever met somebody that gets touched by God or he heals them and men they can't stop talking about it they're just like everywhere they're going they're like man God did this and God did that or that new Christian that just thinks everybody wants to know so they're telling everybody I once had a mate that got saved and he was a new Christian he was pinning up scriptures on his on his workplace notice board and you know like he was calling him God uh, daily wisdom he was calling it was this proverb after the proverb, you know, he would just want to tell everybody the day he got saved, he picked up his phone, he rang his parents, and he rang his family and said, Guess what? I got saved. They're like, What are you talking about? Because faith makes you say silly things sometimes or crazy things. So maybe, maybe she heard a story about someone getting healed. Maybe she heard a story out of Mark 140 where man gets healed from leprosy. Maybe he's like, man, I had this leprosy on my hand, on my body, I was an outcast and I was pushed away. But then this man named Jesus came and he, he, he like waved his hand over me and prayed. And, 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 and look at my hand now, it's crystal clear and beautiful and, and there's not a mark or blemish on it. Maybe she heard that story. Maybe she heard the story of when Jesus healed a paralysed man in Mark uh, verse uh, 2, 1 or, or when he calmed the storms in Mark four thirty five. Maybe she heard the story about the disciples being on the boat when the waves were crashing and Jesus was asleep in the boat and, and, and they come and wake Him. And, and, and you know what I love about that story is that they had enough faith to wake Jesus. I mean, if that's all you can do is come to Jesus. Yeah, He rebuked them for their little faith, but that's okay because they still had enough faith to turn to the one that had the answer, right? And, uh, and yeah, maybe they needed to grow, but, but the reality was the worst thing they could have done is not done anything. Right, So, so maybe they, she, they heard, she heard the message about this, this, this Jesus who got on the boat and she shouts out, peace and be still. And the waves stop and the sun comes out and the birds start tweeting. And all of a sudden, I wonder what she heard. Whatever it was that she heard sparked something in her heart about this man named Jesus. Something took place in her heart which changed everything. This verse right here actually was the point of the beginning of her life changing forever. Let me ask you this question. Do you realise just how powerful your story is for those outside of the church they need to hear? Your story, your testimony, your encounters with Jesus are so powerful. People need to hear your story. You know, I said this to someone once, and they said, oh, but I'm not an evangelist. And I said, but well, that's fantastic. Let's just take that word evangelist. And let me just go plonk, plonk it over here, right? Because there are those people that would identify in that, and they, they just graded it, right? They, they talk about all the people they share their faith with and all that. My brother's like that. I always just want to punch him in the face when he sells me <laughs> because I'm nothing like that. I'm so different. But, but if we just take that word evangelist, we just plonk it over here and we term, well, why don't we term it this way? How about you just share your life with somebody else? How about you just share your life with someone? And if you share your life with someone, Jesus is part of that life and and, and is the entirety of that life and at the centre of that life. So what's going to happen is you're going to share Jesus with people, right? And it's not about having to have the greatest Scriptures and memorise all the verses. It's not about having to, you know, oh, we've got to go through this Scripture and that Scripture so someone can give their life to Jesus. No, they just need to hear, you know what? This is what my life was like. And then someone brought me along and introduced me to this Jesus. And now this is what my life is like now. Things are so much better. And, and, and so, so we can sometimes think that it's hard to share our story, but it's actually quite simple. You know your story better than anybody else. And we just wanna hear it. You know, one of the things we've gotta remember is, is I, uh, when working, I've chatted with some young people and, and they're like, oh, but you know, I got born into the church. So like, I don't have a testimony. Have you ever heard that? I've heard that a lot from young people. Oh no, I've come, I was in church from the day I was born. I don't have a testimony. When I come to Jesus, it was just like natural progression because I was there and, 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 and I've got nothing significant. Can I tell you, I would have killed to hear your testimony when I was in the deepest, darkest pits of depression. If I, I, I wish someone would have come to me and said, you know what, Dave, I've been in church all my life. All my life I've been in church and my life is not been perfect, but man, I've had some great things take place. And maybe if God has done that for me, He could do it for you as well. I wish somebody would have told me so I wouldn't have had to go through all those ups and downs and moments in my life where God wasn't present because I didn't believe in Him. I Man, your story, young people, you've got to understand, you young adults, you, you youth kids, I'm telling you, your story is way more powerful than you give it credit for. The fact that your parents have kept you in church when there have been other kids that have fallen out of church and lost their way, your story is going to bring them back to the house of God. You have power in your story. People need to hear your story about Jesus. They need to hear it. They need to hear it because it carries power and freedom of transformation into their world. They need the contrast. Some people go, we need to be a church that's appealing to the world. No, we need to be a church that's a point of difference. We need to be a church that people can see the truth, right? They, the world needs contrast to see truth because they think what they're in is truth. But the reality is they've just never seen the real truth. And so we need to live our life in such a way that promotes that truth. And it says, so when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him and she stretched out her hand and she touched his cloak. And she, why did she do that? Because she said to herself, if I can just touch him, if I can just touch him, I'll be healed. Do you realize faith has a voice? Faith has a voice. When I was in Townsville with these guys over here, these two and a few others around, I learned that these guys have a language that I do not understand. If you've spent any time with young adults and or youth kids, and you know, I've got kids at home and my son's one of them, and and they have a language. That's really hard to understand as a 44 year old. You know, Dan was saying the team's getting younger on stage. Mate, your preaching team's getting older on stage. <laughs> it's getting grayer, a bit more salt and pepper in the beard. But hey, I, we're away, right? And, and so there's this thing called that slaps. Now I'd never been aware of this, right? But all you guys would know what this word this means, right? I'm still a bit fuzzy, but um, but I'm like, that slaps. What's that? And they're like, oh, you know, like it's a term we use. I okay. go, the only time I've ever heard that slaps was when my mums used to slap, and she used to. It meant a whole different thing when she started slapping, right? And then I'm like, oh, so you mean like that slapping? And I'm like, oh no, you don't say it like that, Pastor Dave. That's that's. I'm thinking, oh wow, that must be really inappropriate. And then there's like, then there's like, hey. That's a vibe. Right? That's a vibe. I'm probably using it all out of context, but that's all right. And then my son taught me one. He said, oh, that's sweaty, Dad. That's sweaty. And I'm like, I'm not sweaty, dude. I haven't, I've just got out of bed, mate. Like, I haven't been working out, you know. And, and, and he's like, oh, no, no, that doesn't mean what it says. That's sweaty. It's sweaty. It slaps. It's a vibe. Yes. Oh, my God, help me. I went away with these guys and I'm like, I feel like I was the old dad, you know? And I thought, well, all I've got is dad jokes. So I'm just going to pull them out. And so I just worked those dad jokes. And it was really just the one joke phrased differently over and over and over again. And uh, but what I found, what I discovered is, 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 is you know, every generation has this. And then if you go to every cultural group, right, they have this as well. I don't even get started on different cultures and what they say and how they say it, especially as a white Aussie guy trying to understand it. I'm like, I'm sorry beforehand if I talk to you and totally miss it. But... um, but everybody has it, right? Older generations used to say something when it was my turn, when I was younger, it was like, oh yeah, no, that's radical, it's awesome. And all these different words and so cool or whatever, I don't know. And uh, everybody's name ended with O then. So it was Dave-O, Mike-O, John-O, Chris-O, Amanda-O, whatever, Luo, o whatever. It was kind of like, you know, that's just what it was like when I was younger. But well, what I discovered is faith is a little bit like that, right? Faith has a voice we can struggle to understand. And we also have voices speaking to us. Do you realise there are four different voices that speak to us in our world? So there is the voice of God, especially if you're a Christian. Even if you're not a Christian, God can speak to you, right? Then there's our own voice, our own internal voice that speaks to us. Then there's the voice of others, right? When she heard about Jesus, what? She heard the voice of somebody else share the goodness and faithfulness of God right? But then there's also the voice of the devil. And he speaks to us as well. I don't know if you realise that, but he will try and speak to us as well and try and influence our life. So at any one time, we have one of those voices speaking to us at any one time. And so we have to determine what voice is speaking to us, because the reality is the voice that's speaking to us can determine the outcome of what we're believing for. So if we're listening to the voice, you know, there are those that just, because the struggle's been so hard, just like this lady, and it's been so difficult, you find you end up with doomsday talking in yourself. Oh, life is so hard. It's impossible. My son's never going to come to Christ. My husband's never going to come to Christ. My marriage is never going to work out. It's just impossible. Do you know how long I've been praying and nothing's happened? And, and, and it's like this, this internal voice that's stirring on the inside of us saying the impossibilities of life. Now that's not the voice of God. Why? Because my God says that all things are possible for Him who believes, right? That nothing's impossible for my God, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I have these words in the Bible that come directly from God that tells me that I do not have to settle for less than what God says He has for me. I don't have to live in the place of, of, of disappointment or, or shame, or I, I can live in the place where my God is able. He's able to do immeasurably more. He's able to bring transformation to your situation. He's able to do whatever it is he, he, he has in His heart to do for you. And here's this lady that heard about Jesus and she said to herself, I love the first thing that got dealt with in her was her internal voice. Because do you realise it's not the devil that rips you off as much as you think. It's not other people that rip you off as much as you think. Often the reason the answer hasn't happened, the reason the breakthrough hasn't come yet, is because we continually talk ourselves out of it. We continually are telling ourselves it's impossible. It's not gonna change. I'm believing for a baby, but I haven't had a baby yet, I haven't formed pregnant. It's when is this ever gonna happen? I'm so disappointed, I'm so no 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 no, no. you've got to change that internal dialogue on the inside to my God is able. I know there may be medical conditions, but my God is able. I know there may be problems and issues in your marriage, but God is able to bring transformation. I know that you may be struggle with an addiction, but let me tell you, God is able to set you free. It may take some time, but He is able. I don't come here today with a, a little pill that I can give you. And if you take that pill, everything changes instantly. What I come to you with is a God from heaven that has the ability to transform your life step by step, moment by moment, And then when you do fall over, He's got the ability to pick you up again and walk you forward and say, come on, dust off that dust and get it off you because it's time to stand on your feet again. And I'm saying to you today, if God can do it with me, if God can save me from the life I lived, I mean, I lived a pretty poor life before I was a Christian. I lived a pretty dull life before I was a Christian. I mean, I would drink, womanise, whatever, pornography, the whole lot. I had, I, had, I had the trifecta in my world. But yet, when I came to Christ, little by little, step by step, God set me free. He healed me. He delivered me. He changed my life. I'm telling you, He can do it for me. He can do it for you. I, I may look different up here today. I know I'm a, a specimen, but... but, but <laughs> I don't know what type of specimen it is, but... <laughs> But, but but if you would have known me back then, my wife said, I don't think I ever would have noticed you. I would have nothing to do with you in that moment when I was back there. Yeah. But when Christ came into my life, all of a sudden, she's like, hubba hubba. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I could, I could keep going and keep going. And uh, how am I going for time? Am I good? Yes. A couple of minutes? I'll wrap it up now. There's so much more I could say and share and, you know, but the reality is the reason this lady's life was transformed was because she considered Jesus. I had the musos come. She considered Jesus. Had the, yeah, if the musos can come. That'd be good. Um, and my question to you today is what you're going through right now. And you may have been in church for a long time, but but you might be currently going through something and you actually haven't Seriously, considered Jesus. You know, I had a girl come up to me in church just recently and they'd been on a journey coming out of a church that sort of didn't have a move of the Spirit and things like that. And, uh, you know, obviously didn't confess to be Spirit-filled. Uh, but she said, like, it's been this journey for her and she has a daughter that's, you know, just got allergies and sicknesses and things in her body. And she said to me, she goes, she says, since we have been in this church. She goes, I didn't realize, but I've been so busy trying to manage my daughter's illnesses and and help her get through day to day and make sure she doesn't eat the wrong things because she has massive allergic reactions. She said that I'd actually never considered, and this girl has been a Christian a long time. She goes, I actually, never considered that Jesus could heal her. And she goes, I'm only just now starting to 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 believe that we don't maybe have to manage this thing forever, but that God actually is able to heal my daughter, set her free. So I wonder today, maybe you could be in a similar situation and you're like, well, I've been battling away for so long that I I confess Christ. But to be honest, deep down, I don't really believe He's gonna do it. Look, it could be a sobering moment to reflect upon that and go, wow, is that really where my heart is? But that's okay. Why? Because you're human. And as humans, we have these moments where we doubt and doubt enters in. But the reality with doubt is doubt's not really the problem. It's what it, where it directs you. Right? So we, when doubt comes and we all experience it, even the pastors in the room experience it, when doubt comes, we have two choices. We go where it wants to naturally lead us, which is away from God and into the problem. Or we make a decision. We say, you know what? I'm going to flick my faith on. I'm going to change my language around this situation. Now, you know what? I'm going to consider Jesus here. And I choose to use doubt as a stepping stone to go higher instead of lower. And the same opportunity is here before you today, no matter what you're going through. You know what? I don't care what the doctors have said. I love the doctors and God uses doctors. He created them, right? Of course. And God can use doctors to heal us and bring lots of breakthrough and that's okay. I believe in it. I've used psychologists and doctors in my own world and medications and all sorts of things. And I'll do whatever it takes to see a breakthrough come because that's what I believe faith does. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au